you're in Seattle, Seattle. And you need to buy yourself a home. We'll be right there for you. Because we're the realtors that you can trust. So go to rodandbouncedown.com. The Ron and Don Show is brought to you by, in part, Ron and Don. They're both licensed brokers at Windermere. All right, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 543 now of the Ron and Don Show, and we are live from the Lex Rod Studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to tell you six things that buyers and sellers need to be thinking about right now in this market. Also, we'll talk a little sports with uh, Deion Sanders, uh, cowboy hat in hand. Headed to Colorado. No, he's there in Colorado, and it seems like <laughs> his brand is actually bigger than uh, maybe the Pac-12. <laughs> it's some of the stuff he's doing, inviting kids to leave the school, uh, escorting them to the transfer portal, and then also bringing in some pretty incredible athletes from, uh, from around the country. Will this change college football uh, altogether? Before we get to that, though... Let's get to this, because maybe this will change uh, uh, junior high football. I'd like to introduce you to the newest offensive uh, coordinator of your NFL flag football seventh grade Cowboys, uh, one Mr. Uh, Coach Ron Upshaw. Yes, thank you, everybody. And, and <laughs> I guess I should thank the head coach of the said squad, uh, Mr. Don O'Neill. How did you get roped into flag football, and then how did you rope me into what yeah. you got roped into? Here's what's really cool is I think the the NFL figured out we are losing kids. We, we the Kids are not playing tackle football the way that they used to. When all the concussion stuff all came out. All the concussion stuff. And, and so I think the NFL said, what can we do? In order to keep the game interesting for people. And I can tell, like my mother knows the game of football very well. So when she was here visiting, she could sit down on the couch and we could sit there and enjoy a game that I've been playing and enjoying ever since I was a little boy and ever since she watched. And I bet your parents, your dad was a ref. Uh, your mom watched yeah, my you, mom you watches play youth sports. So yeah, when you know the game and the family knows the game, it's more fun to participate. I think of some of the European kids that have come over from other parts of the world because of tech. And I remember going to soccer games and seeing these dads coach. And these dads, man, were really good soccer players themselves because they had grown up. And then you could see the moms are there, dads are there, the partners are there, the family's there, the daughter plays, the son plays, the twins play. And, and, and so they're all very active. And it's probably the same family that goes and enjoys a Sounders game, right? So what the NFL decided we're going to do is, number one, not as many kids are playing. Number two, it's a lot of equipment. So the bar sometimes can be too high if schools out there can't afford equipment. Number three, we, we you know, the NFL is on Sundays. The NFL is on Sundays. And, and if we try to go out and rent fields on a Friday night, there's Friday night lights, there's high school sports. But when people think of NFL... They, they think of football and they think of Sundays. So what NFL flag has done, and they have regional offices now all over America, it's called NFL flag, uh, is they have decided we're going to bring flag football 
to the masses and to a lot of young kids and their parents, and we're giving them exposure to that. And not only are we going to do that, but we're going to do it in a systematic way where we're going to create an app and on the app. Well, you could talk about the app. What it, well, what time, it, what time out. I want to know how, because there was a phase with your son where he was interested in sports. But I don't think he wanted to play team sports. He, he, it seemed like he was more of like, I'm going to do individual sports. I think a lot of parents go through this where their kid might be interested in skateboarding or maybe they want to be a snowboarder or do something that's, they, they're not really drawn to team sports. Um, what happened where that changed? Uh, well, I think for him, you know, I, as soon as I saw that he wasn't interested in football and some of the sports that I was in, I didn't double down on it. And I, and I actually talked to my counselor about it. And I said, you know what I'm going to do is just try to be neutral on this stuff. So I stopped taking him to Seahawks games. Because uh, he got into music, like he plays yeah. trumpet and like into yeah, he's all, just, those, all those are very, all those, the problem with that when you get into junior high is you start looking for friends and you find out it's, it's a lot easier when you're in junior high to make friends when you're on a team. And I think he remembers from playing basketball and baseball that he had some good friend experiences from that. So even if you're not in love with the sport, so that's what I think opened him up and said, yeah, sometimes when I'm swimming or I'm diving or I'm snowboarding uh, or I'm playing my trumpet, in my band, my, my, you know, sometimes my playmate has to be my father or someone in my family. And so, and, and so I think his mentality was, Hey, I just want to meet some more kids and I want to be more social. And I think what he is finding out now that he's got a little bigger, a little stronger, he's going to the gym. And now that he knows the strategy of the game, he's learning the strategy. That's what you taught on Sunday. Some of the offensive plays, uh, and he's having a really good experience with it. So I sent you a picture of him earlier this week when he was wearing his cowboy Jersey to school or yesterday he went to school with his mouthpiece and i'm like what do you what do you what are you doing he's like oh i just I, i'm i'm gonna chew on my mouthpiece today i'm 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 fitting my mouthpiece and i'm like oh that's interesting i remember doing that you want girls to see that you're on a team and you got a mouthpiece and it's jersey day and all that so i love that he's doing all that but he but he actually i think to to and, and one of the reasons i didn't want to coach because i didn't want to force football on him he kind of forced football on me and then the NFL called and they said, hey, uh, since you can't play for the Bears on Sunday, uh, we were, might be a little old for the franchise. We were just wondering if maybe you could do some coaching. And then they tell you, hey, if you don't coach and Ron Upshaw doesn't coach and uh, Scotty Douglas doesn't coach, we, we may not have a team. So that's how I got I, I, I think even with that coaching squad, we may not have a team. <laughs> it was fun, though, to get out there. And we have, uh, what do we have, a, a dozen 12 and 13 year olds. Yeah. And the cool thing for the, for those that don't know, you practice on Sundays, you play on Sundays, all these high school fields around here are really nice. Some of the kids get to actually play at Lumen field. And then ultimately when they have some championship games, you get to play where the Seahawks played. You get to wear all the cool, like his, his cowboy Jersey might be something that you see at a Dallas Cowboy football camp because they because the NFL owns all of it and they owned all, all those 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 trademark properties. It, the so, only so worst so team we could have cool had that, that that the Cowboys taking on the Cardinals. The Cardinal players actually look like they have Cardinal gear on, and the Cowboys look like the Dallas Cowboys, the, which I hate. The only I hate the Dallas worst Cowboys. thing that could have happened, and I blame the head coach for this, yeah. is if we would have been the 49ers. <laughs> 
Oh my God. The Cowboys? Really? We have to be the Cowboys? I'd yeah. rather be the Bengals than the Cowboys. Anyway, uh, are you? we got three plays in for the game. What, what is your plan for practice on Sunday? Are you going to add some more plays or you're just going with three plays as the offensive coordinator? And by the way, I love the way you printed out the plays. You put them in your coaching shorts. Uh, you, you look like Coach Johns with your little whistle on. Your pants were a little tight. Look amazing. Uh, like Just like back in the day. Well, you know, we started with I don't how to run a route, uh, how to read the play. Like we're we're starting from ground zero. Yes, uh, with the Cowboys, <laughs> yeah, a lot like the professional Cowboys, yeah. starting from ground zero. I don't know if we're gonna win a lot of games, but I think we're gonna have fun. Yeah. And I do actually really like that on day one you said. Uh, everybody gets to play every position because we shared a field with a team that they had like laminated wristband play calls and like they had individual, they already had positions. And I think when you do that too young, um, it, it is a turnoff where if you're cool. like, Hey, Don, you're a right fielder. It's like, I don't want to be right fielder. I want to play shortstop. Yeah. I said, Well, you're not good enough to play shortstop. So I think at this, these stakes, Saying, yeah, you you're gonna throw a pass. Yep. Even if you're not a quarterback, everybody's gonna throw a pass. You don't know how to <laughs> throw a pass, doesn't matter. That's right. And you know, we had one player that I talked to, I said, We're gonna get you, you're gonna score some points. He's like, Oh, I don't know. It's like, no, you're fast. I'm just gonna get you the ball. Like it'll happen this year. So like to build some confidence, get some plays. It, it was fun to be out there, but I do expect a little more out of my head coach. Like we don't have a defense. We don't have any defensive plays, <laughs> defensive strategy. At least I got three plays installed. <laughs> I didn't even know I was offensive coordinator until the day of practice. <laughs> like, oh, by the way, you're running the offense. Yeah, I didn't know either. We'll see you on this side of this. Hey, running Don here for Les Schwab. Been saying that for like a decade and a half. And get this. How about a quick fact, you guys? Did you know the services at Les Schwab? They offer help. Yeah, for your tires, but then they do other stuff too. How about brakes? How about alignment? Uh, you want to do some steering? I think that that's important. They can help with that. How about your suspension? Yeah, Les Schwab, they have expertise in all different areas. So when you're ready to hit the road, you want to stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. And guess what? Right now, you're going to save lots of money during their spring tire sale. Biggest sale of the year. Save up to $175 when you buy four select tires with Les Schwab financing. And best of all, when you buy your tires at Les Schwab, you also get their best tire value promise. What does that mean? They'll take care of your flats for free, free rotations, free rebalancing, and so much more. I just love the word free. Schedule an appointment at LesSchwab.com or stop by any location. That's Les Schwab, where they've been doing the right thing since when? Let's say it together, 1952. Hey, you guys, what's going on? It's Don here with my good friend, Ron. You may have heard of us. Anyway, you probably haven't heard of her, Ron. We have a brand new team member, Team Ron and Don Real Estate, right? Yeah, her name is Mara, and Mara just left one of the big tech firms, uh, and now she's doing real estate. Mara, what was it like dealing with folks in tech and specifically with housing in Seattle? Yeah, the housing market in Seattle can be a little bit tricky. Um, Seattle has a lot of very different and great neighborhoods. So having somebody that can help you find the right neighborhood for you and what you like to do um, is really important when coming to a new city, especially when you're trying to meet people who have similar interests or are close to the activities that you like. Um, 
So what I want you to do is if you are, uh, maybe you're not in tech or not moving around, if you know someone who is or their kid is or they're trying to leapfrog from tech company to tech company, Mara's on our team now. She's an expert in this specific area. So if you would like to do a sit down with us and meet her, you can go to ronadonsitdown.com. That's ronadonsitdown.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. I tell you what, as an entrepreneur, if you ever wanted, and this is a story about football, but it's really not. It's a story about marketing, understanding what your brand is, what your brand is not, and also what your end strategy is. And what Deion Sanders' end strategy here is here, I'm, I'm not sure. I will tell you this. There's a lot of former black players that you will see on sidelines around the NFL. And Ron and I certainly saw this when we worked for the Raiders, we worked for the Cowboys, we worked for the Raiders the first time around on the John Gruden staff. And there weren't a lot of head black coaches on the John Gruden staff. What you did have, though, is you had black coaches there who were typically older players, and they wanted to be around the game. And at some point, they also wanted to coach. But coaching is such a hustle anymore. And I think for a lot of these players, and you see them when they walk away from the game, they just they, they walk away from the game because the, the coach and being a coach in the NFL – is is such a different grind. You look at someone like Deion Sanders, right? When when he would step forward and say, "Hey, I want to coach in the NFL," no one would take him seriously. And even at the college level, no one took him seriously. So you know what he said? I'm going to go to the school, and the only reason you've heard of this school in college is because Jerry Rice went there, or Walter Payton went there. Other than that, no one has ever heard of Jackson State. I'm going to go to Jackson State. I'm going to take my kids. I'm going to coach my off, and we are going to go out there pulverize teams. I'm going to use my ability to market and understand my brand because uh, that brand is bigger than Jackson State. And I'm going to use I'm going to use the portal, right? I'm going to use the portal to go after players that normally wouldn't uh, play at Jackson State. Now we look at Colorado, the Colorado Buffaloes. Don't know if you've ever been there. My niece went there. It is freaking cold. It is so cold that when you go there on game days, the students don't come to the stadium until halftime. What are they out doing? They're out in the quad just getting ripped and playing ping pong tennis and six feet of snow and the whole thing. Sometimes it's hard for the other team to even get there to Boulder in order to play. So you have to think about this. Young black kids that are from places like Texas where you get a lot of blue chip players, places like Oklahoma, places like Alabama, certainly places like Louisiana, and let's not forget Southern California. Are they going to be willing to come and play for the Colorado Buffaloes? Not before, but certainly now after, Ron, I think we're going to see a big difference and a big shift because Deion Sanders, one of the only guys to play football and baseball at the professional level at the same time, one of the early guys who really understood his brand. And and I would challenge you, go out on YouTube sometimes and, and listen to him when prime time was created and Neon Dion was created. One of those was created by him, and he loves it. The other one was not created by him. And he doesn't necessarily love it, but he uses that. Now we see him with the big cowboy hat in Colorado, inviting players to leave. I'm bringing other players in, and we're going to go out. We're going to win national championships. Ron, I think there's going to be a lot of young athletes that will go and brave the cold to be around that guy. Not only for the football player that he is, but because of the influencer, one of the original influencers, and in Deion Sanders, he's putting on a clinic here right now, whether you love him or hate him. He just is. This has been fascinating to watch because uh, of people have been critical of him. And if you haven't, if you don't follow college sports within the last few years, 
uh, there was a landmark decision. It was a court case on image and likeness of players to get paid. There was a landmark decision where you can now pay college athletes and that never happened before. And the NCAA had a stranglehold and it was like, oh, you get free tuition. It's like, yeah, you just signed an $8 billion TV contract. How can we not get paid? So they invented this thing called the portal. And the way that it works is if you, if as a kid, as a student, if you are unhappy with your station and athlete, and it can be women's basketball, it can be college for any, any college athletes, not just for football, you can declare as before a season starts, I'm going to go into the portal. What that means is depending on how good you are. Uh, like let's take this NCAA tournament that just happened. Why did Miami have both their men's and women's team make it to the final four? Cause they went out and paid players, men and women players and said, Oh, you're the best point guard in the country. Why don't you come to the university of Miami and we'll pay you hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to be our point guard. Uh, there are some quarterbacks that will make seven figures to play college football. And so that never happened before. So what there's criticism right now that Dion basically invited over half of his team to hit the, hit the portal to get out. And, and I actually follow him on, you, you mean to leave Colorado yes. or, or to come from Jackson state. And I think no, there's two things going on here. I, I watch uh, go. For, I follow Dion Sanders on YouTube. His, his, he has one of his sons does these videos and they put them up. It's all just behind the scenes stuff. And some of them are long, but some of them are very interesting. And I watched his first day in practice. And now we got to remember, uh, and this has been a criticism of the NCAA. The Buffaloes were one and 11 last year. And there were people getting fired left and right in power five conferences that were uh, white guys that went five and six or they went, uh, you know, seven and six or whatever. And they were getting fired and nobody would look at Deion Sanders who had just won the, 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 uh, what's it called? Swack. He had won the Swack championship. It's a, a historically black college conference. And, um, he was at Jackson state, historically black college, and he won that division. And so when the, and or something. When when the, 11 and one, 12 and, and his son is the quarterback yeah. and he, and his son is a very good quarterback. And so, um, with the, the genetics of Deion Sanders and the training of Deion Sanders, why wouldn't he be? So there was a lot of criticism saying, why are, is this carousel of retread white has been coaches going to all the sec teams and going to all the big 10 teams and going all to all the, the pac 12 teams. Why is it all these same retread guys? Uh, when here's a guy that won at a very underfunded school, uh, totally outkicked his coverage as they say. And so because they were one and 11, the, the athletic director there in, in, uh, Colorado is sort of known for, you know, being friendly to minority hires. So he reached out to Dion. They ended up signing him and Dion brought his sons with him, brought his video crew with him. And so they put out a lot of content on YouTube day one, when he had his first meeting and I watched this speech, he stood up in front of his, his team and he basically said, listen, a lot of you are not going to be here when the season starts. And he goes, I want to give you a, enough runway and enough warning. He goes, if I don't win football games, I'm going to get fired. You guys were one in 11 last year. Some of you are not going to be, a lot of you are not going to be on the squad. Please go to the transfer portal. This program is not for everybody. 
And he was very honest, and people were kind of shocked when this video came Ron out. Ron gave this same speech, which I thought was a little much last Sunday to my son's NFL flag team. Uh, so far, though, no one has left the portal this week. The, the portal in the, the flag football is like you get a snow cone and <laughs> some ice cream. So, um, That's funny. Dion, <laughs> I love what Dion did because he also takes equal amount of time when you watch him about helping these guys become responsible men. So he, he preaches about half the time on like, he goes, the, those of you in this room that can make it to the next level, I will teach you how to make it to the next level and you can play on the NFL. The rest of you, I want you to get your education and become a good man. He, he spends equal time preaching to both of those That's messages. Great. That's great. And then he also is just real with the guys. He's like, I got to win games. If you're one and 11 last year with this squad, I don't want you. And at the same time, though, he'll say something along the lines of, there's a way to make the team. There's a way to make the team, and that is to be great. And he has a saying, and I forget what it is. He, say, he says it really fast, but it's like, be on time, give 100%, and something. But he's like, and he, I'm prime time. And I'm prime time. But he has, it like rhymes, and it he rhymes always and says it. He just it. ends up saying something about himself, uh, and, <laughs> which I love. As but well. it's great. And yeah. so... I don't, these kids, I don't, I don't bemoan them. They played in a Pac-12 school. They were 1-11. It's within his purview to, to basically eliminate as many players as he wants to. Now that he's there and he's getting the accolades and the recognition, the transfer portal money most of the time comes from boosters. That's why the University of Miami is able to, to get all these players because they have a lot of boosters that give a lot of money. That's why Oregon, as we talked about in the last episode, why they will crush in the transfer portal because they can just go to Phil Knight and say, we need $2 million to get a quarterback. And he'll be like, done. And he'll write a check for $2 million as a booster. And so um, now that Dion is there, the well of money, the bucket of money that goes to the transfer portal just got a lot bigger because of his influence. And so they're going to turn this around. But those those kids that were on that 1-11 squad that are now off of the team, it sucks for them because they're only 19 or 20 years old. But I don't blame Dion at all because he gave them fair warning out of the gate that it's like most of you are going to be gone. Here's a way to stay on this team. But most of you that, that won one game, you're not part of my future. Yeah. And he told him that straight away. Yeah. We'll see you on the other side of this. All right, you guys are sitting here with uh, Mitch from Mitch.loans. And Ron, it's kind of weird. Mitch came in here with a leverage board, and he has a bunch of levers in front of him. What's going on here? That's right, Mitch. First-time homebuyers, I don't know if they understand they're using leveraged money to create wealth. Explain that. That's correct. So let's say on a million dollar house, you put 20% down. Your investment is $200,000. When people talk about homes going up 20%, that's your home going from one to 1.2, 1 million, dollars right? So your investment of $200,000 has turned into $400,000. You're doubling your investment. Your investment didn't go up 20%. 
your investment went up 100%. Right. And so when you talk about getting a loan, and even if you did less than that, let's say you put 10% down, your money, your equity is even a greater position because you're able to get into a loan with less than 20%. Absolutely. 100000 has turned into 300000 Right. So when uh, you talk to Mitch and you go to Mitch.loans, explore these options, your down payment, what the projected increase in the house is going to be, and what your equity position will be down the road. Those are the kind of things that Mitch will walk you through when you do a process with him and you're going to get a loan. So start things off right now at Mitch.loans. That's Mitch.loans. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. Ron and I doing a lot of sit-downs this week, uh, last week, next week. And it's interesting in the Ron and Don sit-down, it seems like right now we have a pretty good balance of buyers and sellers. I want to give you three strategies if you're thinking about selling that you must know before you sell a home right now in the Puget Sound area. And we're glad to help you too at uh, ronanddonsitdown.com. In fact, we have a seller's guide for you. So write Ron at Windham, or I'm sorry, Ron at ronanddon.com. Just Ron at ronanddon.com and uh, he'll send that ebook to you. It takes about 25 minutes and a cup of coffee and then we can talk and do a sit-down. Sellers, listen to me, all right? Listen to me. Because I hear people say, well, homes aren't selling, or homes aren't selling what they were selling for, uh, or homes are sitting, or there's not enough homes for sale, or, oh my gosh, homes are selling and they're getting multiple offers. Uh, What is going on? And all those things right now in the Puget Sound simultaneously at the same time are true. They are true. If you have a house, for instance, it's a townhouse, and there's lots of townhomes for sale that are kind of in your complex, that's going to kind of be whatever those are selling for. That's going to kind of be what your townhouse is selling for. So so homes that are like other homes right now, like a condo where I could go, well, if I don't buy this condo, I can find this condo somewhere else in a month, three months, six months. Or if I don't like this townhome, I can find another one across the street. There's lots of townhomes seem to be in this neighborhood. Those particular homes for sellers, you have to make sure if you're selling one of those homes that you get max dollars for those homes. And the way you get max dollars is you make sure that your home is on point, right? Now you have to go in and do all the cosmetic stuff that you didn't do before. And maybe you have to paint those kitchen cabinets and put new poles on. Maybe you need to take the bathroom, put a new lighting bar up there and a new faucet. Maybe you don't turn, uh, uh, peel out the whole bathroom, but maybe just by going in sometimes and regrouting a shower and putting in a different shower head, it gives a completely different feel and it makes it feel like it's remodeled. Those are the kind of things right now. And like homes, if you're selling a like home, like a condo or a townhome that you must do as a seller to get max dollars. Here's the other thing. If you have a unique property, Ron and I just had a unique property down in Tacoma. The seller thought this house was worth about $699,000. We thought if we did under $40,000 worth of work that we could get it up over $800,000. And that home we just sold for $900,000. Why is that? Because you can't go find this house somewhere else. Why is that? Because when you walk out, you see a creek. We're going to find a house that's a creek down in Tacoma, and you're looking around, and you're like, "Wow, this is a this 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 feels like privacy. It feels like I'm out in the middle of the woods in a place like Tacoma." And so somebody looked at that, and they were willing to buy it. But guess what? We still had to go in there, spend really good money in straightening out the yard, straightening out the exterior of the house. We touched every. Every single covering, every piece of flooring, every wall, every ceiling, every light fixture, we 
touched everything in that house and touched it up. But you know what we didn't do? A huge kitchen remodel. You know what we didn't do? Huge bathroom models. Because we knew that this home was original enough and unique enough, we didn't have to do those things. Other realtors would have told our seller, yeah, we can get you over 800 or heading towards 92, but you're going to have to spend 100 to 150,000 on renovations in this house. So what I do, what Ron and I do with our teams, we keep the renovation prices low, we don't over renovate, and we make sure that you're going to get that money back in the sale, all right? And finally, sellers. Sellers, if you're thinking about selling now, you either get on now in the spring or you get on in the fall because Ron's going to give my buyers some advice. And I think what he's going to tell my buyers to do is get out this summer and really make sure you are looking at buying a piece of property between the springboard and between the autumn colors of fall. So Ron, I'll kick it over to you. That's my advice to sellers out there. Get on the springboard right now, or let's get that home tuned up this summer, and let's get you out in the fall. Don't wait until the holidays, right? Springboard or fall. But hey, what about some tips for the buyers out there? Thanks, Don. It's Ron over at the buyer's desk. Uh, If I had three tips for buyers, uh, the... the three tips that I would have for buyers. Ron is sitting at a desk and it does say desk. buyer's desk and it's blinking at me right now. That's a, a uh, sensation. It has three buttons. I don't know what the buttons are for, but I'm glad that you have three buttons. My three tips for buyers is number one, I call it mise en place. That's the, the chef's term for getting all your prep done. So getting all your stuff ready to roll. What does that mean? Get Make sure you've already talked to financing. Understand what your budget is. Get all your paperwork together. Know the, where your cash is because you're going to need to make uh, earnest money and down payment. Sometimes people are going to sell stocks or where you got to get all that cash into the same bank account. So mise en place. Do, it's boring. It's not very exciting, uh, but it's super, super important. Uh, the second thing after that is to get out of your own head and to get into the world. And so what do I mean by that? It's so easy nowadays, and this happens to almost every buyer that I get, is they once they figure out that they want to buy something, they get obsessive about scrolling through their phone or scrolling on a website, and they're looking at so many listings. Uh, we, we had a client about a year ago or so. It was a husband and wife team. This wife looked at every single listing online in the on the entire east side every day so she would go from basically south center up to everett on the east side she looked at every single listing that's awesome and i was like you're looking at too many listings (laughs) you have to get out in the real world and go put your feet in someone's house like get out drive your car two-way neighborhood look at what's around uh see what the neighborhood feels like how close are you to the to the grocery store how close are you to the freeway walk inside and and inevitably it doesn't feel like what it felt like online so get out of your head and go uh, get into actual houses and then my third thing that I, i i tell people and i don't know of another real estate agent that does this um we need to practice the contract uh, if we, we've talked a lot about football in the past couple uh, shows, but can you imagine if even even take Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time, 
He probably doesn't need to practice as much as he does. He's probably he, still practicing. He's not even playing anymore. He, he knows that's the, how much he practices. He knows the playbook, but there's not an NFL quarterback that's like, I got it. Don't need to practice anymore. I, under, I understand the plays. They continue to practice day in and day out, week in and week out, even though they already know the plays. And so as we get ready to buy a house, let's practice. Write a practice offer. Go through the terms. Understand your playbook. Understand what things do and why you do them. It's astonishing to me how many people will go out and spend half a million dollars or three quarters of a million dollars or a million dollars and never have looked at a contract before. They have no idea what a purchase and sale agreement is. They don't have any idea if they're protected or not. They don't know what earnest money is or what a down payment is. Or they'll ask questions where it's like, did anyone even, have you ever looked at a contract before? Like you should want to practice this. Here, here's, here's why agents don't want you to practice the contract. Because when you practice the contract, you're going to start asking questions like commission. And they don't want you to see the commission numbers. They don't want you to see the commission numbers until the end of the deal and you're in the deal. And then all of a sudden you get your net proceeds back and it's like, holy crap, where did all this money go? That's why when you're practicing the contract, you demand from your agent if you're not using us and Ron will do this for you. The house sells for this, this is what you're going to make. Here's everybody you have to pay and this is what it costs. These are the things you can negotiate. These are the things you can't. And some of those things that you should negotiate, you should negotiate. And you should do that way ahead of time. And one of those is compensation between you and your realtor. And I'll tell you right now, if you're handing your realtor a turnkey property and they're charging you full commission, that's bullshit. That is. It's complete BS. Because the bottom line is this. The way a realtor looks at it, they have other clients that aren't yours that they have to go over and above because a home has lots of deferred maintenance and there's lots of problems. And so maybe they overworked and did too much work on that property and they ended up making less than they should have because they should have been paid a lot more. So their mentality is, I'll get mine in the end as long as I do volume. But it means that the person out there that has a home tuned up, that has done their work, that has practiced these contracts on both sides of the deal, you've done your work and you should financially benefit from that. Your real estate agent doesn't want to talk about it. And I think that's one of the really crappy things about this business that I've seen. People should negotiate, talk about commissions. I will explain to you what I charge and why I charge it. And then I'll also say, you know what? If you want to do some of the work, then you do it and you'll make the money and then we'll just sell it for you. So it should be a conversation that goes back and forth. And that's one of the reasons why when Ron is talking about these contracts, it also is going to create a lot of other good questions that you're going to have that you can get answered at that time as well. So I think it's super valuable, you guys. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. If you need us to sit down, first we virtually sit down and then we'll go out we'll meet in a coffee shop if you're a buyer and let's go buy let's go look let's go see some homes or if you're a seller we'll come out to the property i think i was out to six different properties this week so very very busy at ronanddonsitdown.com yeah you can email me directly ron at ronanddon.com or you can email don don at ronanddon.com uh you can also just go to the website and set up a meeting right through the web portal ronanddonsitdown.com let's do it let's get going um, I think people have come to terms with these are what interest rates are going to be. Uh, there's not going to be this miraculous 
a moment in 30 days or 60 days where interest rates are at 2.79%. That's not happening. So if you've been holding your breath and saying, I'll just wait for interest rates to come down before I do anything, you're going to be waiting an awful long time. This is the new normal. This is our new reality. And the market is moving right now. So if you want to be a part or you need to be a part because life is telling you you need to be a part, uh, get in touch with us ASAP. All right, you guys, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Oh, hey! On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet, and we'll see you next time. Only! 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 On the Ron and Don Radio Network. Only.